hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to BS with Selena. As a reminder, BS, behavioral science, or if you want to get real, maybe some bull****. So on today's episode, we are going to be venturing to the lovely, amazing Pacific Northwest, to which I have had the wonderful privilege of actually traveling to this region, coincidentally, for an ABA conference. It was actually where ABA I was held, gosh, probably like eight years ago. And I made my way to Seattle, Washington. And that was my first time ever on the Pacific Northwest. And it is so true what they say out there. It is absolutely beautiful. It is quite a unique destination, national parks. It did not rain when when I was there. I know that is a common perception um, that it rains a lot out there. But yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. And so today we're gonna go to Washington, Montana, and Idaho. But we're actually gonna go in that in the reverse order. And I'm gonna start with Idaho. But, 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 before we get to these wonderful conferences, I do need to talk about another topic that has been all over the news. For those who may not remember or may not know, I am in the city of Chicago, which has also been kind of sidelined in the news as well as a talking point from a lot of Republican senators and not in a good way, not not in a highlighting way at all. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it is all about the gun violence that's been going on just in the past few weeks, in the past few days, there have been very horrific incidents of multiple gun shootings. And the topic of gun safety has also been in the topic of news. So I want to talk about some programs that have been um, demonstrating some success with gun safety, Chicago included. Believe it or not, the news doesn't always tell you the full story. Shocker, I know. But there are a couple really good programs that I want to highlight. And there are um, some local chapters that, depending upon where you're listening at, They also may be a program in your area, but just to kick it off here, the first one that I want to talk about is called Cure Violence, and this is a program that has demonstrated success or improvements in a lot of urban cities, and Cure Violence has not only U.S.-based cities that demonstrate improvements or success, but they're also globally. They have programs in cities outside of the United States, some in Central and South America, in Europe. And they have demonstrated success because they are a kind of from the ground up program of a community success here. They look at five different components to work together in sync with. The first one is really they look at for a street level outreach. So for those who perhaps who are very unfortunately familiar um, or who have been in the criminal justice system, who have gone to prisons who are perhaps ex-gang members, they will go ahead and bring these individuals together for outreach at the street level. And so that's just kind of one of the first levels that they will work with. The second one is public education, providing education on um, resources that are available, educational knowledge, after-school programs, pre-school programs. Um, They help youth go ahead and stay busy and see that knowledge is a very, very, very useful tool. The next one 
is community mobilization. So there are black clubs, black chapters, um, you know, that will go ahead and work together and really be a, a beacon of safety for, for youth in, in different uh, cities. And they'll go ahead and, you know, have meetings, they'll have different summer programs offered or summer get togethers. And again, this is really from the community, again, all coming together. They'll have faith leaders or clergy involvement in a lot of communities. Faith leaders are a a point of familiarity. They are also a consistent point of contact in their life and also generational perhaps as well. Maybe their parents attended the same establishment of faith. You know, maybe they, their grandparents have also, um, you know, attended there. Uh, So that's also a point of contact. And then there is, you know, police and prosecutor um, participation. So there will be some involvement of the legal system, but this is also to help provide knowledge for if and when you do encounter these different types of entities to really educate yourself, to know your rights. And this is this varies um, heavily state by state, but this is just a, a, another form of education that they can go ahead and utilize for individuals just to really know that they are, you know, best suited for, um, you know, if and when an unfortunate situation arises. Uh, here in Chicago, there has been a chapter of Cure Violence for many years. The organization was founded in 1969. And, you know, again, they have global chapters as well. There's some other programs that I want to highlight here. Um, one of them is Kids Off the Block. And this works specifically with adolescents from 12 to 24 years old. Uh, they provide mentorship and guidance, basic resources. They encourage self-development for, to help the youth achieve their, their dreams um, and set them out for a successful path for them, for, for whatever that may look like. And they really do help within the mentorship program to how to deal with negativity Um, how to deal with overcoming the many obstacles that are in their way. This is something that's been um, impactful here in Chicago. It's been here since 2003. And, you know, originally they just started out with 10 youth children. That was all of what they had um, at the start of the program. And now uh, they are able to positively impact thousands of young people right here in Chicago. And I think this is just a great organization as well. And then there is, lastly but not least, um, Youth Guidance, which discusses counseling and violence prevention. Um, I know counseling has kind of always been something talked about within gun violence of, you know, the mental health crisis that's happening, to which there is some truth. I think there is some truth with that. But kind of having that be the only source of, you know, work to be done, I think I think it's foolish. Um and, you know, this, this is just one that's also been um, here in Chicago. Um, you know, they've helped over 13,000 children here in Chicago, um, in the Chicago schools as well. Um, and again, they offer counseling, violence prevention, after school programs, workforce development for teens. Um, and it's just, you know, like a really good program that I think, um, you know, continues to, to do great things. And, you know, again, Cure Violence, which is what the one that I um, just 
discussed off first here. Um, they do have local chapters all across the U.S. So I would really encourage you to look up to see if you have a chapter or a gun safety um, chapter. And when I say gun, saf- gun safety, I'm definitely not talking about, you know, how to work your gun or how to operate it or like a shooting program. I'm talking about like actual gun safety laws and prevention measures, because I think it's really important to, to start changing some things um, and start changing legislation. And, you know, most importantly, I think it's it's really just about helping and saving many people's lives. But unfortunately, it's been a lot of children's lives that have been in the news lately. And yeah, these are these are just some programs that I think could offer some hope and some local changes. I think, you know, that's a really great way to to see changes locally in your community first and then, you know, that just continue that hope and continue with that positivity as well. Chicago, I know has been in the news many times. It's often a a negative talking point of, well, look at all the Chicago, all the violence in Chicago. And there is truth. There is help needed here. I know it's talked about very negatively, but um, Chicago does need a lot of help. And concerning the gun violence, there are many guns that are trafficked into Illinois from the surrounding states. Because the surrounding states here in the Midwest, they have less or very low gun restrictions or gun safety laws. And I mean, Indiana is less than 45 minutes away from from where I'm at. Um, So it's not, it's, that's just how it works. Um, You know, getting access to violent weaponry in a surrounding state, um, and then coming here, it's, it's not impossible. (laughs) And it's quite easy. So yeah, this is something that I think, you know, universally, if there were better gun safety laws that this, this could have a really positive change. So I mean, that's just something that I really wanted to kind of put out there, put out some resources, Check out locally where you're at. And with that, we're going to shift it up a little bit, you know, kind of kind of go into a different direction here. But we're going to start talking about some conferences. Okay. All right. First up, we have Idaho, the IDABA. Probably, I don't know, maybe a surprise. But if you were to ask me where Idaho was on the United States map, I would not be able to tell you where it is. I probably would now, um, just because my sense of geography has increased. But I probably would have told like told you, is it near Iowa? Like I don't know. Um, but with that being said, and learning quite a bit more about Idaho, this is a beautiful state. Oh my gosh. I have never been there in person, but I do have some colleagues who travel there or who are from there. Um, And some of the pictures they share with me, it is absolutely beautiful here. I would be, you know, eager to, to venture out here. But with that being said, for those who are in Idaho, you do have a state chapter. It's there. And they have some pretty good resources. And they just had their second annual conference in 2022. I think that deserves a huge congratulations. So then for the membership, let's start off with that here. They have a calendar year membership, which means it goes from January to December. So you it would make more sense to join earlier in the in the calendar year to, you know, get the maximum use out of it. There are five tiers of memberships. They have a full which comes in at $60 a year. A professional, which comes at $50 a year, an affiliate, which is $40 a year, student, which is $30 a year, and RBT is at $20 a year. 
Now, between the full and the professional um, and the affiliate, there wasn't necessarily a designation if you have voting power or not. Um, So I think that would be something um, maybe to kind of um, to discuss or kind of have within their memberships um, as well. They have a four person board, which consists of a president, a vice president, a treasurer and secretary. Uh, So there is a, a good good board there. And they offer monthly association working meetings as well, which it looks like it's on the first Monday of every month. And that is a benefit of your membership here. Uh, The goal for the Idaho State Chapter is to serve as a scientific and professional reference group for all in the state of Idaho who identify themselves as a scientist or practitioner in disciplines that embrace the principles and practices of behavior analysis. So I, I think that's great. I think that's a great mission. The use of scientific and professional together, um, you know, embracing the principles and practices of behavioral analysis. I think this is, I think it's great. And, you know, as previously mentioned, they just had their second annual conference in 2022. Probably a really, really rough time to start their first annual conference in 2021. Um, You know, the past two years have been quite bumpy. (laughs) Um, And so it's probably no surprise that their um, second annual conference in 2022 was a one-day event virtually. There isn't any um, notifications up yet on their website, but the conference was in April. So then that would mean that registration would be probably occurring in early January, um, which does coincide with the membership the registration being in a calendar year. So if you sign up as a new member in early January and then the registration opens up for their conference around then, you're really getting the maximum use out of that membership. So I think that's really, I think it's good timing on their end. They also have a resource page, which is broken down into three categories. So they have some resources for parents, for schools, and for BCBAs. And BCBAs, there are some fantastic, like really, really great resources on their state chapter page. Uh, So they have a free course for going over creating a a meaningful behavior plan. They have um, free downloadable assessment forms. They also have PDFs on ABC data collection. And ABC data collection is antecedent behavior consequence. And then they also have a what to look for in an ABA provider a nice Q&A. And I think that's really, really empowering for um, for parents or for organizations that are looking for behavioral services. Um, I think that's, that's wonderful that they offer this uh, resource here. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is Idaho. Again, beautiful, beautiful state. Um, I'm actually quite excited to venture out here. I mean, being in Chicago, I mean, a lot of I feel like it's sometimes referred to like the cement jungle here and just seeing pictures of just full landscape mountains and lakes and greenery. I mean, this is that's that's not something typical here in Chicago. Little teaser there. Um, so this just looks absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, those in Idaho, check it out. Looks like your annual conference is typically in April and it really helps to sign up. Um, early on in the year. But if you sign up maybe in the middle of the year, they have these monthly meetups and there's some great resources there. So check it out. And with that, now we are going to go to Montana. Again, this is probably another state 
if you asked me where this was, I probably couldn't pinpoint it. But again, now my geography is getting much better. And I now know where Montana is. So with that being said, Montana, this state chapter, was founded in October of 2013. It became an affiliate chapter of ABAI in November of 2013. And then seven years later, in October of 2020, the state chapter also became an affiliate chapter of APBA. Uh, Now, this is another conference that I will soon uh, explore and explain a bit about. But this is the Association of Professional Behavior Analysts. And this is another big, big bigger, I would say, conference in the field. Um, And this conference is typically in March, the APBA conference. But that's that's kind of all I'll go into it for now. But let's just focus more on Montana. Um, again, a beautiful state. Like, wow. I mean, just being here in the Midwest and then just kind of shifting over a little bit further west. Beautiful, beautiful country over here. So this state does have licensure. Looks like it was enacted in 2017 with Senate Bill 193. And this is um, operated through the Department of Labor and Industry underneath the Board of Psychologists. And I know that's a lot of information, so let me try and break this down here. So each state will designate a department at the state level for who this licensure is under or operates under. And with that operating under, there are going to be some specific criteria or requirements pending which department it's under. This one, it's the Department of Labor and Industry, sub-specifically, the Board of Psychologists. So that means that they were probably more than um, influential in the development of the bill. That is who um, some of the regulations oversee with this bill. And it's been um, it's been enacted for a few years now. And that's how licensure is there. Going on to membership, this state chapter also operates underneath the calendar year. So from January to December. So again, it just makes more sense to sign up earlier in the year. They have a bit of a different board set up here. So they have an executive committee plus three additional members at large. So their executive committee or board is a president, a president-elect, a past president, secretary, and treasurer. So what's a little bit different about this one is that at a given time, you may have three different generations, if you will, of presidents. Good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, sometimes it operates really well. Um, you know, because you'll have the president, president-elect, and then the past president. So then at least that could be helpful in the sharing of information and passing down of organizational systems, decision-making. So I think that's really helpful. Um, and then they have three additional members at large. So three individuals in this role, I would say, is not typically common, um, but they have them here. They have um, three tiers of membership registration. So there's the full which is $35 a year, which is for a graduate level. And the full membership does entitle members for one vote on all matters brought before the chapter. And then there is an affiliate, which is $20. um, And this is for anyone who doesn't meet the full requirements. Um, And there is no voting privilege with this membership tier. And then lastly, there is a corporate, which is $500. And this is for larger companies who will join on underneath one umbrella. That's a little bit different. I haven't seen that in, um, in most state chapters. 
The mission for the Montana Association for Behavior Analysis is to support students and professionals in the field of behavior analysis through education, research, and practice. That's, that's nice. It's a really well-succinct mission statement. Their conference was last year in September, and they had a two-day event. It looks like it was specifically with Greg Hanley and his PFA, the Practical Functional Assessment. That can be another topic for you know coverage at a later point, but this is a, a, a fairly common assessment that is utilized now amongst clinical practitioners. It's very helpful. It's useful. Yes. And so they had early registration uh, open until the end of July. So it looks like if they are going to have another conference this year for 2022, they had early registration until the end of July. But there's no information yet on their 2022 conference for September. Maybe that's coming. I mean, it has been an immensely busy, like, end of the fiscal year, end of the academic year, um, and people have just been busy just trying to get things in order. So, um, you know, that might be coming up soon, but their early bird registration, it was $149. That's that, I think that's a pretty good deal. And then after July 31st, it went to $199. After September 10th, it went to $299. So it definitely helps to get in that early bird registration. That's really good. I really love it when there's offers available such as that, like early bird or maximizing your membership if you can sign up for more than one year. Um, I think that's really great. They also have a resources page, which has some helpful information on there. Um, it does seem a little bit outdated. They're talking about, um, you know, the telehealth, you know, like in early 2020 when everything was, you know, quickly moved over. Um, they talk about um, Medicaid temporary suspension of reauthorizations. Um, they have uh, an ABA guidelines for um, ASD as well on there. So there are some resources here. Um, I think that's that's helpful. I mean, this chapter's been going on for nine years now. So yeah, next year it'll be their 10-year marker. And I think that's a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, so yeah, congrats to Montana on nine years and soon to be 10. And be sure to keep an eye out for their early bird registration for their conference if that opens up this year. Um, again, it was opening up early bird registration to the end of July last year. So I would imagine it that would make sense to open it up again this year. Next up on our list is the Washington Association Behavior Analysis. Waba. And this one here, wow, do they have a storyline on their origin here. It sounds like the 80s were a wild time, and that is how the origin of this state chapter begins. Um, It actually also involves across country lines, um, so over there in the B.C., but this is how the tale goes. In the late 1980s, a small group of behavior analysts gathered in Victoria, British Columbia, to establish the Northwestern Association for Behavior Analysis, the NWABA, the NWABA. That organization was focused on representing behavior analysts and organizing occasional regional conferences and for behavior analysts from Washington, Oregon, British Columbia, Idaho, and Montana. After a brief period of inactivity from 2003 to 2008, the NWABA became an active participant among the affiliate chapters of the Association for Behavior Analysis International, ABAI. In 2013, 
the active behavior analyst, part of NWABA, rewrote the bylaws and elected to rename it the Washington Association for Behavior Analysts, WABA. After applying for the change to the Association for Behavior Analysts International, other state chapters and providences, Oregon and British Columbia, had already organized their own chapters, and this unveiling meant the rebirth and refocusing of WABA's mission. The individual nonprofit organization dedicated to focus its scope on Washington State. Ta-da! How kind of cool is that? So that is how this state chapter became an origin story here out of multiple, um, you know, regions coming together and looking to, um, you know, bring together resources and a sense of community. And out of it, uh, you know, multiple state chapters were founded, including the one for Washington. Um, So I think that's just pretty cool. So, you know, um, if you ever think maybe like you're in a region where there's not a lot of activity or you're just kind of not feeling connected, start start a community. Um, I think that would be really great. And that's kind of what these individuals did here. So for this state chapter, they have four different tiers of membership costs full affiliate student and sustaining. And they also offer a three-year membership. However, I think maybe there's something up with the math here. Because, for example, at the full tier for a bachelor's level membership, it's $30. And then for a three-year, it's $90. So it's the exact same cost of buying your membership every year, but just buying it for a three-year. So usually, typically, I'm not trying to bring down anything here, but usually if there is a buy more, then it means a little bit of spend less. Um, so that's just kind of something interesting here when I was um, you know, kind of calculating these numbers. I was like, oh, that's exactly three years worth of the one-year membership. The master's level is $40. And yes, you guessed it right. Doing your quick math, that means $120 for the three-year membership. At the doctoral level, it is $55. And again, you are absolutely right. (laughs) Doing your quick math, that is $165 for the three-year. They have an affiliate level, which is $25. And yeah, 25 times three is $75. And then the student, which is also $25. And then $75 for the three-year. And then sustaining... Ooh, they only offer a one-year membership for this one. There is not a three-year sustaining membership package. However, if it was, how much would it be? One sixty-five. <laughs> um, so those are the tiers of membership. There, the registration and membership benefits do include discounted registration fees for the regional conference. Um, they do receive behavior analytic news, and then there are also eligibility for chapter adjunct membership at ABAI. The state also does have licensure. It is through the Department of Health. Uh, So again, licensure, um, you know, there's different departments that oversee and regulate it um, in the state of Washington. That would be the Department of Health. The mission for WABA is to build a cohesive group of individuals dedicated to promoting the ethical research, education, and practice of behavior analysis in the Washington state. Their conference is typically in September. Last year, they hosted a two-day event 
on Friday, September 17th and Saturday, September 18th. It was a virtual event last year. Just a lot of things were virtual. You know, as of right now, there's not um, information available on cost or registration. If their conference is occurring this year, this upcoming September, it may be a little bit too early for them to start promoting it, but do keep a lookout on that for September being their the local time for the conference. They do have some resources here, which I think is really helpful. Kind of its its origin story here coming out of a few different regions and then kind of, you know, branching off for more support. They have committees here, which I think is I think is really really helpful at a state chapter. They have a student outreach, educational, public policy, adult services, and ABA and schools committees. So these are kind of like a like a subgroup of the state chapter that come together and they'll discuss um, topics and events in relation to these mentioned topics here. And I think that's really good to have a kind of like a focused leadership. They can then report back to the rest of the members. Um, you know, that's kind of typically how these operate. And I just think that's really good to go ahead and have, um, you know, multiple individuals being knowledgeable and aware and then reporting back to then help educate those you know, who may not have the time or the access to resources for some of these mentioned topics here. Because it is, it takes a lot of energy, time, and dedication and resources to, to stay on top of um, so many different um, areas of support and need. Um, and if you have a community working together to uplift one another and to educate one another, I think that is, that is fantastic. And that is where some great changes can happen as well. But yeah, so that is... Washington. I have only been there for a conference uh, one time, and it was absolutely beautiful when I went there. I'd be really excited to go back. I don't think I could do a road trip out there. It just seems really hilly and mountainous. I don't know. Those who are out there in those regions, what is it like? Is it really mountainous? I mean, are you kind of going, like, do you need a four-wheel drive vehicle? Um, what's it like out there? How heavy is the snow? Because it just seems like there's a ton of snow out there. And, you know, being out here in Chicago in the winter season, I'm kind of over that much snow. But let me know. What is it like out there? So then to wrap it up here, we're going to talk about the hot topic in the field. And as previously mentioned, you know, it's the end of the fiscal year, the end of a lot of academic school years or it's about to be. School's out for summer, you know, and burnout is very, very real. So I think it's really, really good to be attentive to where you're at and to self-assess, you know, how are you being aware of when burnout occurs? What are you doing when burnout happens? Um, you know, are you setting some boundaries in work? Are you setting some boundaries with your caseload? Are you setting some realistic boundaries with maybe professional development? Maybe you don't need to read the 15 books you have outlined for this summer. Maybe just maybe five. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing with journal articles? You know, you don't, I think there are these really unrealistic expectations or from the use of social media, seeing you know, so someone else succeed or, you know, do you know five times the amount that you are doesn't mean that it's a competition, first of all. And second of all, it doesn't mean that you need to be doing what they're doing. 
different expectations, different environmental factors. Really, really, really be aware of that. I'm just seeing a lot, a lot of um, clinicians, practitioners, behavioral scientists in the field, you know, discuss about how they're leaving. They're just done, which I totally understand. I do. I understand the field is also in a great deal of controversy, disagreement, ethical discourse. The field is is in a it's having a moment. And I really, really am looking forward to a different outcome from these current conversations. I'm really looking forward to continuing a lot of these conversations. And, you know, part of that too is just kind of assessing with where you're at. Um, you know, we can't always be in every meeting. We can't always be at every book club or every conference or every, you know, social media, you know, outburst. Um, that's not that's not healthy for for you as an individual. So I think really checking where you're at with the burnout, school's out for summer, take a break, conduct your own preference assessments, find out what it is that you like to do. You know, really, I think engage in those activities more. There's no like there's no age limit. If you want to just sit down and color for 20 minutes, have fun. Play some video games. I mean, the 90s are back. Fashion-wise, Lord knows why. But, I mean, the 90s were the era of video games. And enjoy it. Have a popsicle, play some video games, get in the pool, have a good time. So, yeah, that is the kind of hot topic in the field here and a conjunction of a recommendation as well. Go play some video games. Have some fun. Conduct your preference assessments and... Yeah, I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining today. Please subscribe, rate, and review. The podcast is brought to you by thefullfield.com, where you can learn more about the full field of possibilities as a behavior scientist, behavior analyst. Please connect with us on the social media links of Twitter and Instagram. The opinions shared on this show are of my own. There has not been any payment for admission or attendance of the conferences discussed on this show. If that shall occur, notification will be provided to audience members and the opinions of the conference shall remain my own and unbiased. Show notes and research are completed by Selena DeVilla-Schilling. Podcast production is by Pretty Easy Podcasts. Again, please subscribe and I can't wait to go through more BS with you on BS with Selena. Where are the bloopers and the edits? (laughs) Alan, be sure to bleep that one out. Put in like a fun transition or something because that was just a lot of heavy stuff. (laughs) Um... All right, yes, that is what year it's in. I do forget what year it is in often. Anyways, um, so, waba, waba, waba. Kind of sounds like the NW, anyways. Um, 